Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 182 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Thursday, March 25th, 2021. If my voice sounds a little scratchy, um, the instrument has has had attacks in a couple of days. Uh, a lot of shows over the past couple of days. On Wednesday alone, I was on with the Cleveland Browns on the best podcast available podcast. Um, happy to go on with the Browns. Um, that comes out today, I believe. Um, so you can check that out if you're curious about my thoughts as to the Cleveland Browns at 26. And I'm actually I'm making another mental note here. Actually, a physical note. Forget mental note. I want to talk about that in the second half of the show because we're, we're going to get into team needs specifically the New England Patriots in the second half of the show. But I I, I do want to talk about the Browns at 26, just for a brief moment. But also I was on the Fantasy Fever podcast. Uh, That was recorded Wednesday night. And I'm recording this episode after that. Um, So the instrument, it's getting a workout. Um, But that's a good thing because we have things to talk about. What we're going to do today, we're going to recap, in a sense, the most recent moves by the New England Patriots, sort of the secondary free agency market. And then a little bit later, we're going to talk about the New England Patriots from a team needs perspective, specifically what's left, what's left to do. Before we do that, your usual cavalcade of reminders, please do follow along with the hijinks on the Bird app at Mark Schofield. Check out the work. Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Not one, not two, but three SB Nation websites. Big Blue View, right here at Pat's Pulpit. And Bleeding Green Radio, Bleeding Green Nation, where Michael Kist and I are ducking each other right now because the Philadelphia Eagles made a move at quarterback. And I don't think either one of us wants to sit down and do a show on Joe Flacco, but we might, we might, we might have to do that. Also, A little housekeeping news. Next week, there will be two shows next week, but they will be different. There will be no mock draft Monday next week. The reason being, Saturday Saturday morning, family, we're headed out of town. It's spring break for the kids, so we're getting out of Dodge. So I'm canning some shows for Monday and Thursday. We're going to have a quarterback breakdown because that Monday... My top 11 quarterbacks will drop over at USA Today Touchdown Wire. Um, so I'll have a show dedicated to those top 11. And then on Thursday, I'm going to have a show dedicated to my top 11 tight ends, which as Patriots fans, and most of you who listen to this show are indeed Patriots fans, you could probably just skip over that one. I mean, if Bill Belichick and this organization draft a tight end, I mean, it's an eat the tweet moment because... After drafting two last year, and after signing the top two in this free agency class, I can't imagine that they would just say, let's draft a tight end. Now, if Kyle Pitts happens to fall to 15, I mean, I don't think you pass up the value. But absent that, I don't think they drafted a tight end. So maybe next Thursday's show, which would be episode at that point, 184, provided I could add two to 182, which I think I can. You could probably just skip over that one. Um, But that's the lay of the land for the next two shows. We're going to start getting into some positional rankings. If news does break, if the Patriots trade for Patrick Mahomes, 
I will have the setup with me to record an episode. You know, if I got to get a show done, I'll get a show done. I mean, I'm not leaving civilization. I will have internet. And so, yeah, if something happens, I'll hop on the mic. But if not, you've got two canned shows talking about top 11 at tight end and quarterback to look forward to next week. Let's recap some Patriots stuff. Because after all, we did a free agency show. Then we did a mock draft Monday. And, and so we haven't sort of dipped into the secondary free agency market, which is where the league is right now. I mean, the players being signed are like T.Y. Hilton going back to Indianapolis. Um, you know, not a ton of stuff. But some important stuff from New England's perspective. Lawrence Guy back in New England on a four-year deal. Now, as of it is currently 9.21 Eastern on Wednesday night, I haven't seen the terms of that deal. But Guy is back, which I think is important for the interior of this defensive line and depth along the interior of the defensive line and for the fact that since Adam Butler is now a Miami Dolphin, getting one of those two guys back is huge and I'm glad that they got Guy back. I would have been happy with both. I would have been happy if it were just Butler. But I'm glad that they got one of them back because I think if you watch New England last year defensively, Guy and Butler were core components of what they were able to do up front. And now having Guy back gives them a defensive front that has options on the interior. Look, you've got Henry Anderson, who's been newly added, Brian Cowart, Devon Godchuck. Now you've got Lawrence Guy in the mix. You know, that's some talent on the interior. And then when you start sort of looking to the edges with Matthew Judon and Chase Winovich and now Kyle Van Noy, actually Calhoun, John Simon, Josh Uche, you're starting to build out some potential on the edges. And so you're starting to build out a solid defensive line up front. And looking at the mix of players, you could go four-man surface, you could go three-man tight, three-man bare. You have some flexibility now. You could go with the three-man tighter bear front and then walk guys like Van Noy and Judon or Winovich or Uche down and give you that sort of five-man surface. That's sometimes we saw a six-man surface back in Super Bowl 53. You could have that sort of six-one type look when you're facing teams like the Browns, obviously the Rams, those sort of Shanahan, Stefanski, McVay, Outside zone boot action teams, you have that sort of six-man service, clogs the Russian lanes, creates some confusion on zone run schemes, makes it tougher for you know offensive linemen to work those combination blocks, the one-two, you know, defensive tackle at the second level, makes it tougher on that second service. You keep the players at the second and third levels clean. And so it gives them some options up front. So the Lawrence Guy return is critical. But perhaps more important to that is the return of James White. Because now I do think that sort of 12 personnel package is really beginning to take shape. Now, if you think back to the 2010, 2011, those seasons, when you had Gronk, you had Hernandez, and I know that that was the comparison 
that everybody, myself included, was making when those moves were announced last week, a critical and perhaps underrated component to that was Danny Woodhead. And Danny Woodhead's ability as both a receiver and a running back helped make that scheme and package flow. You know, and, and to a lesser extent, you know, Shane Vereen when they used him, because um, they used him in similar roles. You know, I remember a game against, I believe it was the Jets, when they opened with that package. They went no huddle. They ended up hitting Vereen over the top on a go route when he was flexed out to the right side along the sideline. But the ability of that true two-way threat at running back is the final sort of core component to that 12 personnel package and more importantly to that ability to either run or throw out of it, potentially thrown out of it with a five wide alignment. Now, Damien Harris, Sony Michelle, they give you pieces to that, but White gives you it all. It's kind of like the final tiger of Voltron forming together. One year, two and a half million, fully guaranteed. And you might think it's just a rotational running back. Well, I think it's more than that. I think James White, because if you start sketching out on your mind or on paper, you know, a 12 personnel package of Smith and Henry at the tight ends, we'll say Edelman and Aguilar at the two receiver spots, and then James White at running back, you can obviously throw because. White can come out of the backfield. He can split out to the slot. We've seen that before. You can put him out into the boundary. We've seen that before. And you can run. You can run outside zone. You can run inside zone. White's adept at running those. You can run power. Look, the Super Bowl winning touchdown was a power toss play. And you, you can start filling in the blanks of that offense. Now, of course, look, the elephant in the room is the quarterback component, right? Cam Newton or somebody else. And we'll touch upon that next here in episode 182 of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 182 of the Sco Show. And we're going to talk a little team needs right now. We're doing a series over at USA Today's Touchdown Wire uh, where we're assessing team needs by division now that free agency is sort of winding down. And you know, I could sort of take you through everything, um, but I figure I would just focus on the Patriots. If you want to read these, you can go to touchdownwireusatoday.com. We've got them set up by division. We've got some cool graphics, um, you know, header photos and stuff like that, so you can check it out. Interestingly enough, I, I said that I was going to talk about the Browns for a moment, if you'll indulge me. Uh, the team needs peace for the AFC North has been shared over 1,300 times which is a bit strange. It's just a team need. Like, we weren't expecting this to do numbers, but it's sort of like a foundational series for Touchdown Wire, Dunk Farrar and myself, to sort of set the stage now for our draft coverage, right? Because we're, we're rolling these out. You know, we're, I did a final, a uh, first-round mock, uh, which we talked about earlier this week. Doug Farrar had his uh, first-round mock. Not a final, because you're going to get another one from me sooner than you think. Um, but now we're sort of 
we're, we're doing team needs. We're sort of letting the dust settle. We've, we've done some mocks and stuff like that. We've had the chaos of free agency. Now it's time to say, okay, let's take stock of where all 32 NFL teams are. Get a sense for what they still need to address, what they might need to address early, what they could wait to address. Get a flavor of players that could be in the mix for each team. We thought it'd be a good way to sort of set the foundation as we get into the next week, rolling out the top 11s and really going full steam ahead into draft coverage. So we thought it'd be like foundational stuff, stuff we can refer back to, stuff when we do mocks, say, hey, you know, you might not think that they need this position, but as we outlined in this team needs piece, like, we, you know, we, we thought it'd be something that would be sort of evergreen content through the rest of draft season. But this one got shared a ton. And I think part of it is, I said that the Cleveland Browns might address linebacker at 26. And that has gotten some blowback. Gotten angry tweets. Lots of angry tweets. Got people on Reddit, elsewhere, call me an idiot. Even the Cleveland Browns show, best podcast available. I'm kind of like, what well, you linebacker? Um, and I'm not the only one. I, I said in the team needs piece, Jeremiah Wosu-Kamara, the Notre Dame player, Baron Browning, Ohio State, Zayvon Collins, Tulsa. I said, these might be players to consider for the Browns at 26. Why? Because they're linebackers in name only. Like, you know, they're not two down thumpers that come off the field on third down. JOK was running with Omari Rogers out of the slot. Baron Browning is all over the place. He's an athletic guy, might run in the four fives. Xavier Collins, you might see him on the edge on first down and then at cornerback on third down. Like he's like 6'4, 260, but moves like me. Actually, better than me. These are linebackers or name only, but it's a lot of, they're not going to draft a linebacker. They're an analytics-minded team. Like, they would never draft a linebacker. These guys are linebackers or name only. But that's kind of what we're doing. And look, John Ledyard, he had a mock draft that dropped Wednesday. Xavier Collins at 26. It's not just me. So those are the team needs things that we're doing. And I, I, I use that sort of brown segue into the Patriots. Because... What's left? What's left for this this team to address right now? And even one of the team needs that I had, defensive tackle, that might be off the board now because Lawrence Guy's back. But there are three other positions that I think they could look at in this draft. I think one is safety. You know, and... Perhaps safety is not a pressing need, but it's bigger than we thought with the retirement of Patrick Chun. You know, now you're looking at Devin McCourty, Adrian Phillips, Jalen Mills, Kyle Duggar, Miles Brandt, Justin Bethel, more special teams player, maybe Juwan Williams, if you consider him a safety type. McCourty's getting up there. And unless you consider Jalen Mills as your free safety and waiting, you might look at this roster and think, I don't know if they've got a free safety and waiting. I don't know if that player is in Foxborough right now. And so you start thinking about potential options at that position. Well, this is, as anybody in the Slack channel will tell you, it's an interesting safety class. Now, players that could perhaps fill that role, Javon Holland from Oregon, Richie Grant from UCF, Andre Sisco from Syracuse. You know, a player that 
may have that ability. Richard LeCount from Georgia, but his recent testing is a bit shaky. Darius Washington from TCU. Um, there are options at that sort of free safety spot, but not many. This is a strange free safety case. Um, the kid from Florida State, I mean, I think he's a player that you can use anywhere. Hamza Nizreladine, I, I think he's a player you can use anywhere. I'd be fascinated by him and Bill Belichick getting his hands on him. But safety is a position that I think is quietly becoming a need. Not so much short-term. I think Kyle Duggar has a year of experience under him. Jalen Mills can give you some depth there. You know, if they do use Juwan Williams a bit as a box safety type, that might help. Um, but maybe it's even bigger than that. Maybe they, you know, look at it as more of a priority than we think. Um, but I do think safety is a need. As far as receiver goes, I can't imagine that they're done. Particularly, I got a lot of DMs and texts from the DMV area on Monday. I mean, not Monday, Wednesday. Um... What's up with Nikhil Harry? Got a lot of questions about Nikhil Harry. Why did go wrong in New England? Hearing that he's going to come to Washington. So stay tuned on that front. You know, the 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 chatter, the the uptick in questions and texts and DMs about Nikhil Harry to Washington has certainly spiked in my inbox in the past 24 hours. And so uh, something tells me that might go down. You know, I... I as far as Nikhil Harry's fit in Washington, I think that might be a nice little landing spot for him because, as I was telling one person, you might need somebody that's going to throw those YOLO balls and have no fear and give him a chance to win those contested catches and sort of trust a guy out of the gate. Does that sound like Ryan Fitzpatrick at all? Because it might. A good return you know, for Nikhil Harry. Washington's pick at 82. Could you get a third rounder for him? Maybe, maybe not. You know, Washington does not have a fourth rounder. We all know Bill Belichick loves fifth rounders. Maybe they pick a 163. But Washington does have two third rounders. Could you get a third rounder for Nikhil Harry right now? I don't know. Maybe. I'd ask. They've got two of them. You know, they're like kidneys. You only need one, right? And, and so maybe. Um, so yeah, sort of watch for that. But even if the Nikhil Harry move doesn't happen, I do think in a deep wide receiver class such as this one, one more receiving option might make sense, particularly at the X receiver spot. You know, I know I know this has been sort of a a focus of the Slack channel in their scouting. As I teased on Monday's show, we are going to have an ex-receiver scout Zoom tentatively set for April 10th. We're going to look at Dammy Brown. We're going to look at Nico Collins, um, maybe Josh Palmer, the kid from, from Tennessee. Um, so, so there are players to watch at that position. Now, in terms of stacking those guys, Brown and Collins, you're probably thinking that pick at 46 would have to happen there. Um... Palmer, you're probably thinking more maybe the pick at 122. You know, I do think he's more of a fourth, fifth round guy. You know, maybe you could get Palmer and see him sort of slide a bit deeper because he get all the way to 177, that pick at the end of the fifth, maybe. Um, but I, I think that's kind of how you stack the receiver board.
And then, of course, there is perhaps the need, the quarterback need. And it's going to be fascinating how this quarterback board shakes out. Um, It does appear as if one potential team is going to remain in the mix. And what I mean by that is this. As of, say, two weeks ago, the expectation was that a team like the Jets, maybe the Panthers, would sort of solve their quarterback quandaries with Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's happening right now. And so that means those teams will have to look elsewhere which might mean that they're going quarterback before New England can get on the board, which might make it tougher. The dream of Justin Fields slot into within striking range is slowly, slowly fading away, particularly if he's going to run a 4-3-8 in the next couple of days here. And by the way, I saw on Instagram Before I hopped on this show, the strength training and conditioning board at Ohio State, somebody took a snapshot of it, 4-3-8, Justin Fields. Now that's hand-timed Ohio State internal stuff, but man, if he runs 4-3-8, I might be insufferable on the bird app, I'm just saying. But it does seem like those dreams are slowly fading away to the point where it's perhaps Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Bust, and you might have to go up to get them. And what are you willing to pay? I saw a lot of chatter in the Slack channel Wednesday morning about John Ledyard, his mock draft, that had the Patriots getting up to 10, giving up Stephon Gilmore in the pick at 96 in the process. And I will tell you this, gentle listeners. John ran that by me in the group chat. He said, would, would this make sense for New England to go up to 10? I was like, yeah, you know, it would make sense. But he didn't tell me it was for Mac Jones. John and I have had words since. I still drink the Celsius, though. Appreciate you, John, turning me on to the Celsius, man. Haven't found a bad flavor yet. But seriously, would you be willing, Gilmore, 96, to go up and get Mac Jones? I don't know. Trey Lance? Yeah, sign me up. And an interesting philosophical conversation with respect to Mrs. Lance and Jones. They're the yin and the yang of this quarterback group, right? One's got the floor, the other has the upside. And I do think a team that's going to take the chance on the upside is a team that's probably a year or two away, right? If you're a team that's a year or two away, you might be willing to say, look, we're going to, we'll draft Trey Lance. We'll take a swing on upside as we try to figure out everything else. He'll be part of the rebuild here. And hopefully by the time that he pieces it together and figures it out, we've got the rest of the roster pieced together and figured out. Then we can make our run in a year or two and we'll sort of ride things out until then. But if you're a team that's like built to compete now, that's like a, a player or two away that is on the cusp of making a run. Maybe you just say, look, you know, we do need a quarterback, 
but we don't want to suffer through a guy, figure it out. We'll take the guy that has the nice floor right now since we've got the roster built around him. Two examples, Carolina Panthers, Washington football team. Washington football team, 7-9, has the defense, has the pieces. They needed just a guy. And so I think if you're Washington, you get the, you'll get you draft Mac Jones. You'll say, look, we'll just, we've got the pieces around him. He can steer the ship. Now, if you're Carolina and you're probably a year or two away, you want to figure it out, you might take the swing on Trey Lance's upside and say, as we're filling in the rest of the roster around him, you know, we'll take the lumps along the way because by the time he figures it out, that's around the time we'll have everything else figured out around him. We'll take that upside. If we draft Mac Jones, he's going to struggle. We may never figure it out around him. It's not the ideal situation. So I think the sort of Lance versus Jones quandary might simply come down to where you are as an organization right now and how do you view yourself as an organization in the short term. So I leave you with a question. Where do the New England Patriots fit in that conversation? That might tell you your answer about where they could go at that quarterback position if those are the two options. That will do it for today. Stay tuned for, as they said, the rest of the story. I will be back. Like I said, I'm going to can some episodes for you. Quarterback, tight end, top 11 at both. Some takes on those, including I learned something doing the top 11 tight ends. Miller Forrestal. The Alabama tight end, who is in my top 11, which may or may not speak volumes about this tight end class, he was once a quarterback. Did you know that he lost his quarterback job as a senior in high school? But it turned out okay for him because he switched to tight end, became a four-star recruited tight end position in the process. I'm realizing I should have saved this for Thursday, but we'll have enough to cover. So Forrestal becomes a four-star tight end, gets offers from Cal, Miami, Alabama, Mississippi State goes to Alabama. But before he leaves school, he catches the only touchdown in the Georgia Class 4A state championship game. And he catches that touchdown from the person that took his job. That person, Trevor Lawrence. How's that for a story? I learned that one recently. So, hey, we'll learn some things together. And he's not the only former quarterback in this top top, type, top 11 tight ends for me. And there's also a name that I have to put in because my buddy Thor Nystrom over at NBC Sports Edge, if I don't, he knows where I live. He has my phone number and he might hurt me. I'm half kidding there. Anyway, that will do it for me. Next time you will hear from me, Quarterbacks Monday, Tight Ends Thursday. Until then, friends, stay safe, check in on your neighbors, check in on your loved ones. Wash those hands. And when you do, sing along and bless those Patriots' reigns down in Foxville.